VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. I want to stress from the outset that this pandemic is far from over. This is all about trust now and personal responsibility, just being careful and not being selfish. We need people to have faith that this vaccine is safe and that they should take it. The idea of an irreversible move was taken off the table. You can't do that when you have no idea where the virus is going to go. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Roger Hearing. Good afternoon, I'm Ewan Potts. Britain has reported a drop in new coronavirus cases for a fifth consecutive day. The latest numbers, just over 29,000 daily infections on Sunday, suggest the odds are moving in the Prime Minister's direction after a period in which the UK led the world in the number of new cases. But it all comes as a YouGov poll over the weekend suggests the Tories' lead over Labour has been slashed from 13 points to four. And there are also new warnings from the food industry, amongst others. There could be empty shelves within weeks unless self-isolation rules are eased further. Let's talk about some of this with Mick Whitley, who's Labour MP for Birkenhead, and joins us now. Mick, thanks so much for being with us. Welcome to the programme. Um, let's talk about those virus figures to start with, because it does suggest that perhaps this Boris Johnson gamble, if that's what it was, might be paying off. Well, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, if you keep on reducing, uh, well, everyone will be uh, obviously uh, be made up. Uh, but, you know, uh, Freedom Day wasn't so uh, free, if you like. I, I, I called it Fear Day because, uh, obviously, uh, you know, even myself, I have to isolate myself because I caught COVID, COVID. But, however... If these rates uh, continue to uh, reduce, uh, well, that's a good thing for the country, isn't it? Plenty of uh, talk about problems with the pandemic warnings from industry bodies that we're going to get shortages in the shops if people have to keep uh, self-isolating. What's the solution to this? Should should there be uh, should there be more uh, exemptions, more testing? Well, I think, I think uh, you know, uh, we seem to be, uh, you know, lurching from one crisis to another, don't we? Uh, you know, uh, people could forecast uh, that, you know, the, this uh, uh, this pandemic or pandemic, call it what you will. But obviously, uh, you know, uh, you know, the workers, uh, you know, uh, that are important to, uh, like food workers, you know, in distrib- distribution dep- depots and things like that. Obviously, it's uh, we need them. To, you know, to deliver to shops. So we do need workers, uh, you know, and obviously if, uh, if we don't uh, exempt them, then obviously, uh, you know, uh, people are going to go off and we're not going to have the workers to de- deliver to the, uh, the shops and the, de- and the depots, you know. But the problem with that, Mick, of course, is, is, is that the reason they're being pinged is because they might be potentially uh, going to infect other people. I mean, even if they've had two jabs, we know it is still possible. So, I mean, how do you balance between the difficulties in the economy at the same time as the safety of everyone around them? Well, I mean, you know, we, 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 we've had problems, uh, you know, with the, obviously we, we had the European workers in this country 
that, that they were doing uh, jobs, uh, you know, uh, obviously uh, harvesting the fruit, uh, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the country. And uh, obviously a lot of them, a lot of them workers have gone back, so there's a shortage of workers uh, in the country anyway. Uh, but I think what, what should have happened here was the government should have, uh, you know, uh, entered into negotiations uh, with the trade unions or the relevant trade unions. I mean, Mick, uh, Mick Lynch this morning, he doesn't know where, which of his workers are, are working and which, are, which workers are getting laid off. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a mess at the moment. But I, I do feel uh, that we, we, we should have some adjustments, if you like, uh, to, the, uh, to you know, the, the pandemic, you know, uh, people getting pinged. And what's the picture like um, on the on the world with the with the pandemic? Are, are, are companies and employees complaining about 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 staff being off a lot? Is it affecting no, not, 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 not well. I think it's I think it's uh, reflected like across the country. You know, I mean, there's, uh, there is some shortages uh, on shelves. I think they've got the food, but it's in the wrong place. They can't get it to, uh, can't get it to the shops. You know, uh, but I think uh, there's plenty of food to go around for the for, for people, and uh, there's, there's been no delays or there's been no shortages at this moment in time as far as i'm aware and what about the hospitals there's a lot of issues have been about even medical staff getting being forced to self-isolate potentially that's been loosened up to some extent but this might be you know emergency workers even the police uh being out of action that that could be a really major problem it could, well it, it could be i mean uh, you know particularly uh, hospitals now uh, you know with the uh, well Obviously, the death rates, uh, you know, and the the hospital rates have kept down while the while the you know the um, the pandemic, has, uh, uh, you know, the infection rate's gone up. Uh, so that's you know that's a, you know a good thing to say. But it's like you, what you say: we haven't got the nurses, uh, you know, to uh, cope in the hospitals. You know, it's, it, you know, the situation can only get even even worse. I'm going to get your um, view on. And we've also we've got, we've, we've, we've got a situation. Well, sorry. I was going to say about the, uh, you know, the, the British Medical Association, our consultant doctors, you know, uh, over strike action, uh, you know, for the first time since the 1970s. The Royal College of Nurses have done a survey, suggesting 36,000 nurses are going to uh, leave the profession because of the low pay. You know, and this is all, this is all uh, you know, down to the government's uh, door. You know, they should have given them nurses a decent pay for two years now. You know, they've been... Been, been absolutely, you know, outstanding in, in the work that they've been doing to contain this uh, pandemic. You know, and they, you know, they're not getting rewarded, are they? In, in, well, in my view, they're not getting rewarded. They should be rewarded, you know, with, with at least fifteen percent pay rise. Never mind three percent. You think they should get sixteen, fifteen percent this year? That's across the NHS, or? Well, certainly, uh, you know, uh, all NHS workers should get a decent rise. Uh, you know. In my, in my view, and the nurses should be first in the queue, and we should recognise that for what they've done in the last two years. It's, you know, if we can send, if we can set, if you know, if we've got multi-millionaires sending, uh, you know, rockets into space for fun, I'm sure they can. Uh, you know, we, we should be taxing them and paying the nurses uh, the money that they that they should be getting. And you think 15 percent would be a would be a fair pay rise for for nurses this year? Well, bearing in mind, uh, you know, the last ten years of austerity. You know, they've uh, they've had little uh, really in real terms. They've uh, they've lost in 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 the real terms on pay. So I think yeah, fifteen percent. It's not a lot of money. 
Well, let me pull you back onto some of the aspects of the of the virus that are still important going forward. And one of them is, of course, vaccine passports. Suggestions over the weekend that, for example, anyone who wants to go to a Premier League match might need to have one. It's a very vexed issue, and there's lots of things about civil rights and everything else. What's your view, Mick? Where do you stand on the vaccine passports? Well, you know, we try to encourage people to have the vaccine. I wouldn't make it mandatory for people to have the vaccine. This is my personal opinion. I think what we should be doing, right, is that, you know, if somebody doesn't want to take the vaccine, then make sure they're tested on a regular basis, you know. But I think by forcing people to, uh, you know, have in, uh, injections, it's not right. It goes against, uh, you know, all human rights, in my view. And I think it's uh, up to that person uh, to say whether or not uh, they should have the vaccine or not. You know, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I'm not an I'm not anti-vaxxer. You know, it's, it's a personal opinion with me. I think that people have got rights to turn around and say, no, I don't want, I don't want that uh, vaccine. You know, it's up to them to say it. But there again, the government's uh, are trying to force that people's hand uh, round about when, when the uh, you know the the league starts up again in late August by September they're saying that anyone who hasn't had the t- uh, two vaccines uh, won't be able to get into a, a football match you know. So 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 you would be uncomfortable with uh, some sort of compulsory passport for yeah. uh, uh, yeah, football would, games yeah. or big events or. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Let me ask you then, Mick, about your party because you're in an interesting position and I think you probably heard about that opinion poll over the weekend YouGov poll suggesting that the lead the Tories have has gone down from 13 points to 4 points you're only 4 points behind the government but then you say hang on a second you should be doing much better than that considering the headlines the government's had in the last few weeks everything from of course the health secretary debacle to Boris Johnson maybe then not then maybe getting tested or having to self-isolate I mean you guys should be really clawing in the the opinion poll numbers on this surely we should be yeah I, I totally agree with uh, your comments there I mean we, we should well, what we've got to do we've got to make sure that we've got the policies uh, you know you know like we've got you know, the disasters happening in North America, for example, and in China and in Germany and Belgium over the last couple of weeks, you know, we've got to come up with a new Green Deal. You know, it's got to be radical. We've got to put policies on the table that people say, yeah, that's a good policy. We'll have a bit of that, you know. But at the moment, you know, we're still lacking in, you know, in policies and people don't understand what the Labour Party is standing for at this moment in time. So, yeah, I think we've got a job of work. We've got to get our act together. We've got to get our policies on the table. We've got to get the policies out to the public, you know, and campaign on them policies. And then I think once we've done that, uh, you know, I think uh, people start coming back, uh, you know, to the uh, to the Labour Party. I mean, at this moment in time, you know, people, people are just working because they've got to work. Uh, you know, we should be paying these people more money. Uh, you know, for work. You know, we, we, we sell our we sell our labour, so we go out. We, you know, we should be working to live, not not, not living live to work. You know, so we've got to make sure that people are, are enjoying, uh, you know, decent pay. You know, the, 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 I don't believe uh, at this moment in time that you know we've got thousands of workers, right, um, who aren't getting, you know, paid what they should be getting paid. And I think that, you know, we should be, you know, with the Green Revolution, you know, creating jobs, uh, you know, obviously going to that COP26, uh, making sure that we're using tidal power, using wind power, you know, and things like that. 
does Labour's problem come from the top? Do the people of, of the world know what Keir Starmer stands for after 16 months of, of leadership? Well, the short answer to that is I don't think they do. Uh, uh, when I go around my constituency, uh, you know, people ask me the question, what the Labour stand for? Uh, you know, and I'm still I'm still banging on about the, uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Keir Starmer, he's, you know, you know, he's the leader of the Labour Party. But, he, you know, he had 10 pledges. Uh, that he, he vowed that you know he yeah. was going to use them ten pledges. Now, if he if he come out and said that, uh, you know, and yeah, worked exactly. on them ten pledges, then people would say and say, well, he not we know what he's on about now, you know. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Let's have a look then at what else is making news in the world of politics. And senior doctors are to be consulted about industrial action over the government's proposed pay rise of 3%. The British Medical Association says it's contacting tens of thousands of hospital consultants. It previously said it would consider striking if senior doctors were not given a rise of at least 5%. A committee of MPs says that British taxpayers will be paying an eye-watering price for the coronavirus long after the pandemic is over. The estimated total lifetime costs of the government's measures reached £372 billion in May, £172 billion of which has already been spent. That's according to the Public Accounts Committee. Now let's talk about what's been happening in terms of the virus this week, because we've reached a very interesting point where it seems, on the evidence of the numbers, that the daily cases are coming down from very, very high numbers, it has to be said, globally high numbers, but they are coming down. And many people are drawing a conclusion from this that in some sense it shows that Boris Johnson's gamble has paid off and that the idea of the reopening at a point when many scientists thought this was far too early, maybe he has got it right. Well, the scientists are still debating this, but there's undoubtedly a political push from this, uh, not least the fact that after what has been a couple of weeks of very bad headlines for the Tory party, perhaps these are looking a little better. Let's talk about all this with our UK government and Brexit reporter Joe Mays, who joins us now. Joe, thanks for being with us. This, I guess, will be read with great pleasure uh, this morning in Downing Street. Yes, because it does seem to show that the pandemic isn't necessarily going towards a 100,000 cases per day, which is what the Prime Minister and Health Secretary Sajid Javid had warned about. However, there is still some caution around these numbers. So yes, we have had five consecutive days of declining new cases, but there are things to think about, such as we know that schools have gone on holiday, and it could have been the case that many cases were coming through because of school children testing. And indeed, there's a question of how much testing is actually going on for the virus. And if that's gone down, that would mean that there is less cases coming through, and that 
testing reduction could be due to things like less people just getting a test in the first place because they get a bit of a cold these days and they think, well, you know, perhaps I'm double vaccinated. I don't need to get tested. So we have to view this data with caution. Uh, and indeed, the other factor is thinking about nightclubs. We know that those only reopened on July 19th, which is just a week ago. So the effect of that might not yet be in the data. So there's all these caveats you have to bear in mind. But you have to look at the data and say, well, as it stands, looking at that, it's kind of positive. So yes, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of balancing moment, I think, in the UK's pandemic response. Moving from the, the pandemic to the the pingdemic, there's still a lot of pressure on the on the government over this, isn't there? What, what, what's the latest uh, on the situation with workers having to self isolate and shortages in in certain uh, industries? Yes, yeah, so the government has been, in the eyes of industry, really quite slow to address this issue. We saw them come out with exemptions for workers in critical industries, moving to a system where, as long as there is workplace testing then people can avoid going into self-isolation if they can get daily negative COVID tests. And we saw the government try to expand that to more and more sectors over the last week. But again, coming with a significant criticism for not moving fast enough, we'll just to see whether that system works. And we know that on August 16th, the government is changing the policy anyway to say that if you're double vaccinated, you won't have to self-isolate. There have been calls for that dating brought forward, um, but the government so far resisted that. We also know that trade unions are pushing back against the government easing on self-isolation rules. You know, they're saying it's not fair for workers to put themselves in these situations of danger. So it's, it's still a battle. and It's still uh, not super clear how the government's going to resolve this. Um, and all the while, the pandemic continues. And the third leg of this, I guess, is still the suggestion that vaccine passports are something the government's pretty committed to. We saw Boris Johnson talk about how they might well be needed from September to allow people into clubs, possibly pubs as well. Now, this is quite a vexed issue on various sides. Is the government still pushing ahead with it? Uh, every indication at the moment is that they are. And when asked on the record, number 10 will say yes, planning to bring them in in September. However, you're right to say that it is vexed and we have had criticism from opposition parties saying it's an unworkable scheme. Some people are saying the only reason the government's doing this is because it wants to encourage young people to get vaccinated. And then come September, they hope that so many people will have been vaccinated. They won't need the scheme. So that's the kind of uh, uncertainty around that. It's quite a U-turn from the past when the government was saying things like, you know, we'll, we'll never introduce uh, vaccine passports in domestic testing. Well, clearly now that is the plan. So uh, I guess the government will be watching to see the data, do those vaccinations increase, maybe they'll review it uh, in the autumn. Do you think Boris Johnson was taken aback by the strength of, uh, of reaction to the, to the vaccine passports? It seems to be, to be very unpopular amongst his uh, backbenchers. Uh, yes, he probably is taken aback by it, although perhaps it, it shouldn't be too surprising, given we know that there are core elements of the Conservative Party which are distinctly libertarian and, 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 and view such schemes uh, with you know, significant trepidation. I think uh, my sense is that the government in Britain might be well influenced by what's going on in France, for example, where they saw quite a big uptake in uh, vaccination amongst young people when this, scheme, when this kind of scheme was introduced. But even in France, it's been very controversial. So I think that plus the Labour Party seems to be against the, the, the scheme as well. So it looks difficult for Boris Johnson to get this through Parliament, I think, given the, the size of an expected Tory rebellion. So that'll be one to watch. We also... How far in general, though, Joe, is Bojo carrying his party along with him now? Because we've seen all these various pushes in different directions, concern that he didn't really have his hand on the tiller. I think perhaps some members of his own party are a bit alarmed when he appeared he wasn't going to self-isolate, and then he did. I mean, is there a sense that the party's fully behind him right now? 
I think this is probably the moment in Boris Johnson's premiership where you could say with least confidence that he has the kind of full eyes of support of his backbenchers. I remember speaking to Tory MPs in the last few months and when the government was trying to do its you know, final extensions of uh, coronavirus restrictions, basically to the letter, each of them said, this is the last time I'll go with the government and agree to an extension of coronavirus measures. So something like vaccine passports, I think, is a real kind of kick in the teeth for many. Um, so yeah, like I say, I think that... Uh, Backbench support is, is 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 a bit fragile. And indeed, we have a YouGov poll over the weekend showing that the Tory leader, the Labour Party, has reduced uh, significantly. So you know, all of this adds up to potentially a, a subtle shifting in the narrative that all is not as well as it was for Boris Johnson. And, you know, uh, politics is a funny game and we could see Keir Starmer and the Labour Party uh, resurgent. I mean, we're, not, we're not there yet, but that, that could be where things are going. Um, and then, you know, MPs get a bit shifty. So uh, it's been a tricky time for Boris Johnson. And uh, these are some difficult months ahead. Mm, Joe, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that poll, actually. Of course, it, it is just one poll, but uh, a pretty big drop in support for the government, uh, six points down to uh, 38% and a, and a corresponding uh, rise for Labour. Assuming that there is a bit of a bit of substance to this and it isn't just a, a blip, what do you think is, is, is behind that and, and where do you think that leaves the party as it moves into the summer? Well, I think we have to remember there's been quite a wave of negative media coverage for the Conservative Party in recent weeks. I mean, you think about the Matt Hancock scandal, for example. Just anecdotally, that seems to really cut through with, with many people in the public as like a almost a morality scandal. Then you also have Dominic Cummings constantly attacking the Prime Minister. You have chaos around travel arrangements. You have the self-isolation U-turn. You know, it's been a pretty, pretty rough uh, few weeks, month for, for, for Boris Johnson. So you might say it's not too surprising that he might take a a bit of a, a bit of a hit in the polls. Um, yeah, the question will be how, how, how does he kind of come back in the autumn? Does he have momentum in his domestic project? Does he get waylaid by his backbenchers? Do they stop him doing what he wants to do on things like vaccine passports? How does the economy react? You know, there's some huge decisions to come on funding social care, for example, how to pay back uh, so much of the debt that's been accumulated due to the pandemic. You know, we're, we're going to get into some real serious difficulty of government coming up and, and that'll be a real test for Boris Johnson so um, it's going to be absolutely fascinating return to Parliament in the autumn. Yeah and equally fascinating really on the other side of the chamber as well we were just talking to the Labour MP Mick Whitley no no fan it has to be said necessarily of Keir Starmer but he was saying his his constituents still have no idea really what the Labour Party stands for that they they aren't really taking up the slack if you like that's given them by these very poor results uh, for the Labour Party uh, for the Tory party and therefore potentially there's a gap that isn't being filled. Yes, I mean, so far, you can have some sympathy for Keir Starmer in that the pandemic has been so dominant and it's been kind of leading news coverage. And it's difficult, I think, as a, as a new opposition leader, as an opposition party, to kind of make the running in, in, in such a scenario when it's just so pervasive, a, a massive public health crisis. But I do think as that begins to, you know, you'd hope, kind of recede slightly into the background, Keir Starmer, you'd think, should be able to, you know, make, make, make more of a name for himself. I think amongst Labour MPs, the Batley and Sven by-election win was pretty critical and that did give them a lot of heart that you know uh, the Starmer project does have some some legs to it and, and and he's definitely worth sticking with so um you know i think this this will be the window of opportunity the next year uh, will be when Keir Starmer he does have to make a difference he does have to uh, i think do more to make himself more public facing and you know, he argues he hasn't had much time to get to see voters because of the pandemic so you know yep now's the chance yeah, Keir Starmer has been leader for, I think, 16 months now. What will he be ho hoping to achieve over the summer? Uh, the, you know, there were quite a lot of uh, uh, 
left field events which happened last summer unsurprisingly what will he be hoping to to gain over these next uh, these next few months well, I think the biggest thing he needs to achieve is just better name recognition, as in, you know, Conservative MPs will tell you anecdotes about how they, they turn up on the doorstep and, and voters will come out and say, oh, I really dislike that Jeremy Corbyn, you know, implying there are still voters who think that Jeremy Corbyn is still the leader of the Labour Party. We, we, we shouldn't underestimate uh, the extent to which many people just don't follow politics. So I think Keir Starmer has a big job to do to increase his name recognition, to continue to unite his party. And yes, you'd think, begin to perhaps fill the gap in the policy agenda that Labour stands for, such that if you were to ask a voter what does Labour stand for, they can give you an answer. I mean, you know, we're still some way away from an election and so on. Opposition parties like to bide their time, but I think now is the time to uh, begin to, you know, uh, kind of nail the colours to the market and give voters something to be more excited about. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than a destination. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all. All of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.